Welcome to Flex Ed, a podcast for those who have a passion for bettering themselves and gaining a better understanding of overall health. Ryan and Josh are here to break down all of the variables of the equation that is known as being healthy. Flex Ed starts now. listening to Flex Ed, a podcast encouraging healthy conversation. We're back for another episode, and today we're lucky enough to be joined by Justin Ryan. He specializes in body tempering and power lifting. This dude was nice enough to bring us over to his dojo and then attack us with some uh, giant metal rollers. Honestly, though, body tempering can hurt a little bit, but it's like a, a good hurt. Would you agree, Josh? Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, you feel more flexible. Um, just fresher afterwards. I feel like I feel a lot better than we did when, when we first came in there. We appreciate your time and appreciate you being here, Mr. Justin Ryan. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Thank you, guys. I'm thanks. Thanks for coming and joining me. Trying it out. Thanks for having us. Just to get things started off, uh, we'll go off topic totally, just to kind of get you on your toes with five random questions. Are you cool with that? Yeah, shoot. Let's do it. Five random questions. Josh, start at the top there. Go ahead and hit them with them. All right, question number one. What is the best or most memorable piece of advice that you've gotten so far in life? I'm not sure, really, as far as in life. Uh, but um, I don't know. I've So I've got a tattoo on my arm that says it is what it is because I don't really think you're going to be able to change you know, most of what's going to happen, no matter what you do, the outcome's going to be what it is. So I've always just really liked that saying. So probably I'll go with that just coming off the top of the head. It is what it is. Deep, <laughs> deep. All right. Secondly, if you could magically become any pro athlete, skills included, which sport would you choose? I don't know. My. My heart set at powerlifting, man. So I, I just, I'd, I'd love to see a pro level kind of thing, you know. So there you go. So you're already there. Yeah, I mean, I'm next mate should put me at a pro level total. So I'm about actually there. So good thing. <laughs> so, so you know you're doing the right thing. You, you found the right career path. You, you found the right hobby. Right. Shoot, yeah. All right. So number three. If Hollywood decided to make a movie about the life of Justin Ryan. Who would they cast to play you if you had input? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. Probably, probably one of the goofiest people, <laughs> Will Ferrell. <laughs> I love Will Ferrell. <laughs> that would probably be him for sure. <laughs> Perfect, Will Ferrell. All right, I can I can roll with that. All right. So number four, what is your favorite '90s jam? Oh man, I don't know if I have just one, and I don't even remember if it's from the '90s. So. I always liked, uh, of course, I was rebellious as a kid, so I wanted to listen to Dre and all them and Eminem, you know, because my parents didn't want me to. So Same. probably probably one of those genres, Dre, Eminem, you know. <laughs> right there with you. Anything like Tupac or Biggie or yeah. something like that. Yeah, the stuff you're not supposed to be listening to at that age. Right, exactly. Perfect. All right. So <laughs> say a penguin <laughs> walks through the door right now wearing a sombrero. What does he say? Why is he here? Well, I'm thinking if he's wearing a sombrero, 
He's probably wearing the wondering where the taco truck's at. And if he's here, I hope he's making a delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oddly enough, I was researching funny interview questions, like job interview questions, because I've been on a a recent job hunt, too. Right. And this was one that somebody was like, look, legitimately, I was in this job interview, and this was the final question they hit me with. And he was like, I didn't know what to say. I love it. I was like, I've got to use it. I'm using it. Yeah, Yeah, perfect. You're listening to Flex Ed in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. Hints and Oakley Family Dentistry on West Jackson Street in Cookville. They're now offering Zoom teeth whitening. Now, back to some healthy conversation. The main thing we're here to talk about, uh, body tempering, right? So, Justin, if you want to jump right in, man, uh, if, if I can ask pretty general, uh, what are the benefits of body tempering? What is body tempering? All right, so body tempering was founded by Donnie Thompson. He's the first power lifter in history to hit a 3,000-pound total in one meet. Ridiculous amount of weight within the squat, bench, and deadlift. I mean, 3,000 pounds, you know, all three lifts was over 1,000 pounds, you know. So, anyway, um, they actually filled up some PVC pipe with concrete and started running over each other because foam rollers, foam, foam rollers felt great. So they started doing this, and those, they just keep adding weight, keep adding weight. He actually worked on a fireman that uh, was training with him at the time. And, uh, and so they're like, this is something, you know, they, they just knew how they felt. Now, that being said, there's no real, well, there's science being brought up now, of course. You know, years later, they're doing all these studies. Oh, this is actually working. This is helping. But, you know, your mind knows if something's working. So... The benefits, real similar to strength training, like I talked to you guys earlier, you're strengthening the muscle, you're stretching it, forcing that blood, that oxygen through there with these big rollers. So unlike a foam roller, you're letting gravity do the work, you know. So you could you get a little bit of help force the lymphatic system. You're going to be more preemptive with it. You're going to stretch the muscle to its maximum length. And once you do that, your likelihood of tearing a muscle or anything like that is a lot less so there's lots of benefits and there's more being discovered um i've actually noticed some people with ibs and stuff having really tight traps um and when we get those loose they stop having these ibs issues and so i'm wondering you know is this traps that's causing this is it the chemical that's coming out of their brain into their traps so there's a lot of stuff new being studied. So we've put it up against a Theragun. We've put it up against a foam rolling. And it always shows after body tempering, people can do more reps, go longer endurance-wise, running, swimming, uh, golfing, bowling, you know. So, and I mean, it's been proved. There's been studies sent up to Texas and places like that. So, of course, it's so new. It's, it's still on the uprise, but... If you look, some of these bigger companies, you can look at any big company, their foam rollers are now becoming weighted. So everybody's kind of following suit. So and everybody's noticing they're just not calling it that. So uh, lots of benefits, lots more to be found. So, you know, we were, um, me and Jessica, my fiance, actually were in the first 40 class to actually even be certified to do this. Wow. So that being said, we are the science behind it. What we find and what we can prove that we've helped people, that's going to show the benefits. And, of course, I've done this for about four years now, so I've got a backlog a mile long of different people who've 
sent me messages. This has changed my life. I'm standing up straighter. My shoulders feel great. So lots of benefits. I mean, all the way around. I mean, just for healthy individual period. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one of those things as you're, as you're doing it too, you get that feeling that why haven't I done this before? Why don't I do this more often? It seems like something if you did on a daily basis, maintaining your body uh, and trying to keep a hold on that, it, it just makes sense. I think once you do it, you know? Yeah, it just takes that initial trying it though because I definitely know how it feels to walk into that room and see those big rollers laying around because that was my first initial thought whenever I first got it down. I was like, wow, this is intimidating. And why is this guy doing this to me? This feels like it's running me over, you know? But, man, when I stood up, I knew right then and there I was bringing it back to Cookville, and I was like, I'm going to help people with this. Yeah, I mean, um, the only introduction I've ever had to it is through you. Um, But, again, seeing it and doing it, I don't understand all of the science behind it, uh, but you do a great job of explaining it. And, again, it's one of those things you can just feel as it's happening, this is good for my body, right? I think we can agree with that, Josh. Oh yeah, you can tell the whole time it 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 hurts at sometimes, but it's a good kind of pain, and, and it feels like it's actually realigning everything. It feels like it's actually <laughs> kind of you know forcing that blood flow, and and you're mainly dealing with uh, what soft tissue, correct? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 strictly for the soft tissue, and um, you know it's strengthening of it. You know, getting that fascia, that stretch. You know, and again, fascia is something else we know hardly anything about. So, you know, it's kind of putting you in that gray area. Like, what am I actually working? You know, what's actually happening? But people have to respond and say, hey, this is how good it was or this is what happened. So that's what we're kind of gauging. What are the benefits on? You know, we're just going with, well, you tell me how you feel. You tell me how your squat feels or whatever they're doing running. You know, how do your shins and knees feel today? You know, so. And you explained that a lot of times you're doing a lot of this work before you go to hit your workout. Um, so it's something preventative. You're looking to prevent injuries. Now, at the same time, is it something you would do before a workout, something you'd also want to do after a workout to stay loose? So I've done it before workouts. I've done it after workouts. I've did it seven days in a row to see if I could maybe overdo it. So every time it works the same. So if I do it before a workout, my soreness is less. If I do it after a workout, you can literally fill up or feel like if the lactic acid and stuff is kind of getting pushed around or getting pushed out of the muscle and you can feel it get stretched and kind of forced back into its regular place. So that's helping, you know, quite a bit as far as recovery wise. So I recommend it either way. My personal preference is pre-workout. It's just my opinion because we deal with really heavy weights, powerlifting. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, your background getting into it, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, you had dealt with a type of injury that got you into this. Yeah, so that's how I originally found it. So, um, I almost pulled my lower back all the way in half. Me and my brother having a, you know pretty much a dick swinging contest deadlifting you know in the gym like all right let's see so i made it to 43 reps at 315 so we was repping 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 then the other one go until we caught our breath and then the other one go you know back and forth and about 44 45 somewhere in there the bar was away from me a little too far i pulled it up i set it down well i dropped it from the top to be honest with you 
and I walked straight out of the gym. I knew that I've injured myself and it wasn't good. So I woke up, had to call people because I couldn't even get out of my bed. I felt paralyzed. So back was tore up. It was inflamed. It was barely holding on. Went to the doctor. They x-rayed it. Steroid shots, everything. Next thing you know, we're at the chiropractor. I'm trying to do PT, trying to get a massage. Everything's helping a little, but I'm not, I am I couldn't even put on my left shoe. So my right shoe was fine, but my left shoe wasn't happening. My little girl was two. She was helping me tie my shoes. I didn't wow. feel like much of a man, you know. So here I am on YouTube. I'm like, somebody out there knows. You know, I run across Donnie Thompson. There's a guy in the gym who said, yeah, look him up, you know. So I'm looking him up. I'm like, why don't everybody do this? I should try this. Maybe this will help. Personally, I called my buddy. I said, hey, we're going to South Carolina, you know. So, and that's what we did. Uh, Went to a seminar clinic, stuff like that. And, I mean, he just, I mean, he wrecked us. And so my first introduction was the 200-pound roller. Wow. All right. So the one I use is about 130. So, you know, my first introduction was a 200. I'm like, I weigh 200 pounds. He's like, you'll be fine. So he hangs me upside down, spinal decompression, which I now, you know, own the straps and everything to do that myself because, I mean, it's I'm a believer, you know. And, um, you know, I stood up and I was fine. It was the weirdest moment of my life to know that I rode on my side to South Carolina Versus now I can sit down and I was fine. Wow. In 30 seconds, I was fine. And I'm like, what just happened? You know, I'm trying to break it down and put it into science and kind of trying to think what I just couldn't explain it. And he's like, he's like, hey, you know, you know, appreciate it. You know, this, you know, kind of gave us the rundown, showed us a couple target temperate things. We rode all the way back to Tennessee and I could only think. I'm going to do this when I get back. I'm going to show people, you know, I'm going to bring this because this was too good to be true, you know. So I want to test it through time. And here we are. I'm still working four years later, still using it every week, at least once a week, if not twice for my personal self. So And doing something you're passionate about because you got an instant, you know, you're an instant believer because of the, the transformation in your back. Right. And, and nobody sold it to me. They didn't have to give me this big rap or, you know, and try to say believe in it or, you know, this is how it should feel. It, it, he didn't say a word. He just worked on me. It was done. And that was it. Like, I was like, wow, it's pretty much better, you know. So it was crazy. Yeah, man. So we did just come from there. Uh, we came from your, uh, your your personal office there. Uh, we have, I, I mean, I, I called it your dojo. What do you call that area? So, I mean, we call it the slaughterhouse to my crew, all right, because they know if they come in there to train, it's not going to be a an easy day. We're not in there going to run on treadmill and play with 10-pound weights. So... We call it the slaughterhouse, and I mean, I guess the name's suiting after you guys kind of, you know, felt what body tempering feels like, and yeah, you know, so <laughs> tearing people apart to put them back together. Right, right. <laughs> if I break them, I fix them. That's fair, right? That's right. So you invited us over. You gave us kind of a run through and an introductory course. I had seen you before, uh, which again made me instantly say, "We, I got to come back and talk to you, especially once we start this podcast." Um, so we went in, you gave us the introductory course, Josh went first. Um, could you kind of give us a breakdown and walk through of what we did? So 
Of course, Josh knew nothing about this, so that's even better because the first time's hard to let that mind let loose. And you know, and he found out. You know, he even mentioned a few times, like I just can't relax. I'm like, yeah, it's just the body's you know initial response. So of course, we worked we worked his back. So I got the the way I do body tempering is my own. That's my own personal way. I set it up to do it because that is the way I felt it was the most effective as flowing through the body and getting it done. So we do the posterior chain. We got the back, the glutes, the hams, the calves, ITs, quads, adductors. We did the whole lower body. Moved to the top. Did a few target tempering things. Uh, worked through the arms. Checked the shoulders out. So we, I kind of, kind of proved a little bit of its um, working ability on his shoulders when I showed him a little bit. It's like, well, the shoulder don't really go to this range, but if we move this and pull here, all right, let's put this here, and then next thing we know, we got that shoulder back all the way full range, front to back, you know, and that's some of the things that sold me. I've seen it do it many times, you know, so – yeah, Josh, what was the most intense part for you as far as that goes? What do you think you were making the ugliest faces? <laughs> I'd say probably that IT band. <laughs> that IT band was rough. That and is a tough one. Like I said, the whole time is you're putting so much effort in. I was putting so much effort into trying to relax and not move that it felt kind of like I was contradicting myself. But, you know, about halfway through, kind of relaxed and stopped thinking about it so much. And it... And for the folks that aren't familiar, where is that IT band? <laughs> so IT stands for iliotibial track. So from your hip down to your knee, between your lateralis quad and your hamstring. All right, so it's right along the outside of the leg. If you would feel down your pants, it's where the seam is. All right, that being said, it's been a big tendon when we work that area, you feel it a lot more because a lot, a lot of people don't work that area as far as working it out or stretching it. There's no real easy way to stretch it, and that's definitely why I go to that area, you know, in my sessions because there's, you know, it's important to me because that tendon comes apart. It's going to be worse than a muscle. Yeah, if you've ever done any kind of uh, even short distance running, I feel like anything over five miles, you felt it, you know, whether you know what it is or not. Yeah. That pain on the side of your leg, or sometimes I feel it in the side of my knee. I've been told that, that I mean, it can be that band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree. That was uh, probably one of the rougher parts. I think the upper calf there, too, or when you're getting into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and see, that's why we avoid the back of the knee. If you notice, we come off there before we go on the back of that knee. There's a popliteal that there, a lot of lymphatics and stuff, and some areas you don't really want to put a lot of pressure on. So and that's why we work that from bottom to top. So. Yeah, kind of a nice uh, alignment of sorts all over. Um, you got a nice pop out of my shoulder that I didn't expect <laughs> at all. Uh, it was one of those where you instantly get like a, a nice rush to the head where you're like, oh, my God, oh, thank you. A little scary, but, oh, maybe I needed that. It, you definitely <laughs> felt like you needed it, right? right? Oh, man, I feel like you could have heard that across the room. So along with that, you also uh, revealed something that you're going to be bringing to the market there. Uh, kind of um, something we we weren't sure if we were going to be able to share or not. But uh, explain to us, and you totally surprised us. So you had Josh take his shirt off. You put a glove on. <laughs> Josh was starting to get a little scared, you could tell. He says, okay. He pulls out a flamethrower and then tells the guy to lay face down on a table. Um, so explain to us what we did there. Uh, and, and, and Josh kind of fill in there and give us a little feedback on, on how it went on your end. All right. So... 
So, you know, like he said, I'm like, hey, do you have any hair on your back? Do you want to take your shirt off? Can I put this oil on you? And then I'm like, I won't tell you what it is. I'll just show him. And then I'll light this thing on fire. And he's like looking at me with this face. I can see it out of the corner of my eye like, okay. And I'm like, all right, here we go. So fire cupping, it's from Middle Eastern. It's old school cupping before they had the vacuums and the magnets and the metal and all this other stuff. So you literally use a flame to put in this cup. That's what's going to hold it on the body. So, of course, we run it right up his spine. Once it's heated up, he gets that little sensation, blood rushing to the area, you know, pushing dead blood out, dead tissue. It's supposed to help with lymphatics. It can help with a lot of things. Also, loosen the tissue a little bit more around that spine so we can kind of dial it in, you know, a little bit extra from body tempering. Um, that being said... I should be active any time as a massage therapist, so I'm going to have all that extra stuff. I may come back later on and kind of give you guys a rundown on all the other stuff I'm starting to do and uh, give you you know, a few more little details on some stuff I haven't revealed yet either. Uh, Josh, Josh, I feel like he, um, he swung around there for a few minutes, kind of, okay, yeah, that, that felt pretty good on the back, so feel like that was a win-win trial session there <laughs> yeah what was going through your mind oh it was definitely uh definitely nervous starting out but after you know the first part of the session rolling and all that i was like i know he knows what he's doing i'll, I'll trust him on it he told you you're gonna feel a little heat little heat here <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. Heat. and he's he whips out this torch and he starts <laughs> you know just lighting these uh they're glass correct right they're glass cups so i hate the edges if you notice i touch in my hand with it to make sure i don't burn him yeah you know i make sure i'm not gonna blister him so i'm lighting it on fire and i'm touching and touching then i just stick it to him it was totally gnarly to watch yeah i was kind of sketched out what's gonna happen right here you know uh but you did it very professionally man like you've been doing it for years as soon as he put it on there and you'll see it in the video uh, as soon as you put it on the skin you can see it just sucking up in there. Obviously, suction cup, yeah, right, right. Um, but it's like a pimple almost. It just keeps growing inside of that cup, and uh, it's really wild to see. I had to show Josh once we got done. He didn't believe how big those hockey pucks were on his back. Yeah. So, so the cool thing about those cups is, if you don't have any trauma in the area, or there's nothing tight about that muscle, whenever you slap that on there, that heat won't have enough heat to pull that elasticity of that skin, and it won't even stay. So it tells me it don't need a cup. So, so Josh definitely needed the cups. So the cups worked well because, of course, he works. He works out. So that really helped, you know, just kind of extra. So it's extra things, you know. You can kind of get in there and get in there micro, you know, the micro muscles of it. You know, we work the macro side of it. Like I was talking to him, we get in there and work the rest of the little fine-tuning with that. That's what I like to do. So pretty cool little modality there that's really cool yeah and you mentioned that the darker circles uh were where the most stress was that, that's usually how you can key in on that and you'd put them on each side of the spine uh i think five on each side for a total of 10 uh, again uh, pretty cool to see i'd imagine you know on your end josh uh, how, how does that spine feel afterwards oh it, night and day as soon as i sat up you could feel it you know while they're while they're on there you can feel it, it it feels like it's kind of leaching off of you, and it feels like it's pulling everything out you can in feel a good the pressure, way. Like the pressure there. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, the heat. You know, the heat didn't feel too bad either. Right. It's, it's real nice on the on the back. Right. So going forward, you're gonna be. Uh, are you gonna be back at the cryo spot? Yeah, I'll be back at Fire and Ice, uh, South Je- South Jefferson, across from Big Lots, Cookfield, Tennessee. Um, 
you know, so I'll return back there once my certification's completely complete, which I'm done with all my tests and everything. So I'm just waiting on the state to say I'm an active person again. Congratulations so, on that too. Thank you. Thank you. It's okay. been a it's been a rough little loop once they, you know, deemed body tempering as part of massage. It kind of put me down that path, but uh, I've actually learned quite a bit and I've gained a lot from it. So it's going to help me in the end game anyway. So that's fine with me, you know. Well, they, like you saw, that there was obviously quite a bit of demand for it around here, right? As right. people get educated on stuff like that, uh, and as you guys continue to educate yourselves on the, the, the field of body tempering and things like that, I'd imagine there's going to be quite a bit of people interested. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to – I've already – talk to some people about maybe setting up and doing big groups in these factories around here and stuff like that and giving them a special deal you know to like work contracts and stuff with them to just be their person to fix or you know help anybody because actually massage as of this year is deemed medically necessary to stay healthy that's a great so, idea you know and i mean idea. and i mean it is and once you learn about it and once i kind of put my mind to it i'm like well they make a lot of sense here and I've seen so many things work like this. There's no way that I'm going to ever go against that, you know, idea of it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So um, when it comes to this type of thing and, you know, you being so invested in the thought of working that soft tissue and getting the blood flow and promoting all of that and working out those muscles, um, you know, working out some of the the tightness what kinds of work should folks be doing regularly at home, like with, say just a foam roller and things like that when they're not in visiting you? And should athletes be doing even more stretching and working with that foam roller to stay loose just with more of an active lifestyle? So I actually, I actually highly recommend foam rolling. Um, you'll find studies, of course, you'll find studies on anything. Things will work, things won't work. You'll find a study both ways on anything you look up. So we actually have a lady here in town who I'm friends with. She actually does a foam rolling class. So I can actually link you up with that. Please do. And uh, she can teach you everything you can do with a foam roller, honestly. And it's it's just kind of wild. Um, and, of course, I'm not going to her class yet because I'm waiting to be able to get CEs from it. So I want my continuing education because I'm going to take her class for that, you know. So when you uh, go, let us know. Yeah, along. yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I actually, I actually, you know, I really recommend a foam roller, um, lacrosse ball to hit those trigger points. People use them in their hams. They'll sit on them, you know, in their hamstrings, their glutes and those things like that. You kind of want to go to the points where you feel it the most intense and as odd as it sounds, it's the same way body tempering works. You want to go to that worst point and you want to put the most pressure in it because you need to tell your brain to let that loose. You want to remind that nervous system, hey, you're going to let loose. And once you relax into it and figure out how to, that stuff's going to be very helpful. Definitely stretch before you work out. None of us do. I'll admit I'm the world's worst because I work on everybody else. So I'll forget about myself, you know. So, um, and then we use a lot of band work. Uh, if you look up Kelly Starrett, I really like some of the stuff he does. It's more geared toward like PT stuff. He's got band stuff. We actually did a seminar with him and he learned body tempering. Okay. So if you find his book, he'll have balls and stuff like lacrosse balls doing calf smashes, quote unquote, you know, and so he's standing on it. He's using his body weight instead of a roller or he's doing tricep smashes 
So he's doing the same thing, okay. but his concept. So I've done something you know? like that, like with my foot, like with a tennis ball, some similar concept. Right. Like but after I mean, a long run, but I mean, he'll, he'll put it in somebody else's calf and step on it. Ooh. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing that we just did earlier. You know, I'm getting the entire thing, but he just goes to these certain points and just works on the top points. So I'm not downing it. I mean, he's got some very good information. And in his book, he's got every – um barbell movement you can imagine picture by picture and how it should look and the key points to it so he's a very smart dude and he has got a ton of items out as far as rogue fitness and all them other big huge name companies that they sell his stuff for mobility and i mean yeah. it's just all mobility stuff where does he work out of um california okay so they were the last time i know of anyway which has been a few years so what was his name Kelly Starrett. Kelly Starrett. Yeah, okay. Supple Leopard, if you look him look up. up. Yeah, he's, okay. he's pretty cool. Excellent, man. Good stuff. So, and you said, so before a run, before a workout, anything like that, you know, the, the obvious stuff is, because there's research that says you don't have to stretch. You know, some even saying it's probably a good thing not to stretch. I firmly believe that stretching before and after uh, is something we need to do and we need to incorporate more of for sure. Uh, do you agree with that? Well, I mean, as far as stretching, as a strength athlete, you don't want to stretch too far because okay. then your muscles won't rebound as much. So if we're going super heavy, we won't temper before. We need that elasticity to be able to bounce that weight back out of the hole or pick it up. You need a little tightness. Uh -huh. If you get too loose, now you've, you know, put it detriment to your strength and you're you know, coming up or getting it off of your chest or whatever you're doing that day. So I, I actually advise it as long as you're not strength training before for endurance, bodybuilding stuff, I absolutely think, because you're trying to hit those smaller muscles. You're trying to get a figure, a physique, you know, versus we're trying to put the most weight on there. So we're going to need that extra support. Now, I know that's a little bit more risky, but that's the way that your body's going to respond the strongest. Okay, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Okay, it's good to see the difference in that. So staying on the topic of powerlifting, um, you know, I'm not a powerlifter. We go, we work out quite a bit. We do strength training. Uh, we do a lot of running and things like that, too. So that we've not done a ton of, and we will max out and things like that. Obviously, not as much as a powerlifter will, though, because you guys are going heavy all the time, right? Well, it depends on how you train powerlifting. We, uh... We train the conjugate system, the West Side Barbell one. Now, if you've ever looked those guys up, they are animals. They are the baddest in the world, period. If you ever look up the West Side versus the World on Netflix, you will find out what West Side's about. So we typically follow a program really similar to theirs. So there's two days of speed work. There's two days of either dynamic or maximum effort. Um, so it's two days lower, two days upper body. So you're not just doing chest or you're not just doing shoulders or legs. When we do lower body, when I say we do lower body, we do every part of your lower body you can imagine plus some. You know, 20 sets of five is nothing on deadlifts. You know, bench, 15 sets of three at your 70% of your max. We see stuff like that. Wow. People's like four sets of 10, you know, your typical gym goer. Four sets of 10, they'll start adding weight. Our sets don't start until you get to the percentage you're working with that day. I don't care if you have to put 20 plates on the bar. Your sets don't start until you get to your weight. So if you're at 500 pounds for your lifts, all the way up to 500, none of those sets count. 
When we get to 500, we start there. So if you've got 20 sets, good luck, you know. All right, and we're going to push through it. Of course, that being said, it sounds kind of crazy. But we'll do stuff from squatting, and then we'll jump on a reverse hopper, and we're stretching these things back out. We're getting that back to decompress, and we're going right back to mobility stuff and trying to work a different part of the body. So everything lower, everything upper. Then off-season, we'll typically do a power building program. Okay. So it's more bodybuilding, but we still got your main heavy movements. We still run a percentage or an RPE type of thing, like a scale to 10 of how heavy it's going to be that day. So depends on if my people are in off-season or if they're prepping. So in prep, they're training four days. In off-season, they're training five days. Cardio, I make them cut all their fat back off if they got any, you know, and I'm like, all right, now you can gain weight so you can move weight. Yeah. Wow, man. So, yeah, it's not for the uh, for the timid. You got to be ready to show up and work hard uh, in the sport of powerlifting, I'd imagine. Now, when it comes to your diet, what kind of diet uh, does a typical powerlifter, is he on? Because you're going to need it right for the fuel for what you're doing and a lot of power lifters usually aren't worried about that physique right well that's actually become an old thing you know so most of your power lifters now are more ripped than bodybuilders and you're going to find bodybuilders switching to power lifting because they've gotten so strong throughout their training and you'll see bodybuilders doing power lifting now you won't ever see a power lifter go to bodybuilding very rare because they have different shapes because their traps and their shoulders, how they get whenever they're training. But as far as meal plan, I probably eat cleaner than most people will ever imagine. Really? Because, you know, I'm like, man, I really would love to eat some donuts. And now when I do eat a donut, don't get me wrong, I still log it in my calories. You know, yeah. so all these meals, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm posting these good meals, but my calories are still set number every day. You know, I very – and so I got out of school, I was 250 a few, let's see, eight weeks ago, I'm 222 today. Wow. There you, go. you know, so, I mean, I just have time to eat now. And it's not about eating less. A lot of people make this mistake. It's eating more. Your metabolism gets ramped up. It gets used to burning that much food. Then whenever you do eat that donut, it's going to burn through it like it's chicken, you know. So a lot of people make that small mistake there. Of course, lots of protein. I don't really worry about how low my carbs are, how high my fat is. I'm not trying to be keto. But on my off days, I do run lower carbs just because okay. I feel better about it. Like, I don't feel as bloated. I can tell I'm not as fat-filling. So, I mean, it's it's basically what anybody else would do if they were just being on a nutrition plan, really. Now, our heavy days, like if we were to compete, uh, I think the last competition, I gained 11 pounds from Friday to Saturday. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you want to talk about eating. It was it was a good time. I could imagine there, man. <laughs> so what kind of, when, whenever you're doing those power lifting, uh, when you're doing training, uh, what kind of supplements are most of those guys using? Well, I mean, as far as, so, you know, honestly, there's tested leagues and then there's non-tested leagues. So if you want to use anabolics, you can. I mean, it's fine. But, you know, the non-tested is where you're going to go and win fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 if you do okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So, you know, depending on which... So, is, there's, is there more money in one or the other? There's tons of federations. You okay. know what I mean? The federation we compete in, they have any choice you want. There's no money. It's trophies. And you're just... And that's why I like it, because I'm only doing it for the total. Yeah. You know, I only want to be able to make sure that I'm progressing. That's the only reason I'm doing it. I'm doing it for myself, no one else. Yeah, I You know, that. but like I said, I love to do that pro. 
you know, if somebody's like, Hey, will you live for us? Yeah, great. You know, here's some free supplements or whatever. But as far as supplementation, I take pre-workout and protein. I don't, I don't even take supplements. And a lot of people's like, well, why not? You know, especially new people. Yeah. I'm like, I get it for my food, you know? You and I mean, I really do rely on food more than a lot of people believe, you know, but as far as supplementation, I don't really take it. L-carnitine every once in a while. I'll take some glucosamine for my joints because I tear them up. Yeah. You know, so, you know, different little things, fish oil, you know, whatever's cheap, you know, at the time. So I don't really take that many actual, you know, supplements. So clean eating, some pre-workout, some protein. Do you do creatine or is that in your pre-workout? I don't really mess with creatine. So there, there is some in, in my pre-workout. So I don't really just like take extra because when i was in med school we done a little study and anything really over about five grams you just kind of detox out or piss away okay you know and when people take this extra i'm like your kidneys just put it right back out so we check the blood check the blood check the blood the creatinine levels and stuff and we're like really i overdosed on it for a week just to see what would happen you know just to see if we could find some issues and i was taking 20 20 40 40 50 Okay. And it was holding about five to seven, you know, and that's all we could get a read on it. And I mean, I was hosing it in my body. And it's so, like, so what's the point? Yeah. So, and I mean, most of your pre-workouts have about five in it, yeah. you know, per dose. So I'm like, why? So it's kind of, it's kind of one of those debunking moments in my life where I'm like, I don't need that supplement. Well, that stuff, I'm always like experimenting with stuff. I like right. trying new stuff and sampling products. What kind of pre-workout are you using right now? Um, I... I've tried it almost every pre-workout, the ones with DMAA. I've had that old school Jack 3D that they illegalized and stuff. <laughs> yep. So I've had about every type. But, man, my go-to is pre-gym by Jim Stepani. Um, mm. You can only get it at GNC. Now you can only get it at bodybuilding.com. Uh, and the reason I like it, it just gives me a focus. I'm more focused. I'm not too pumped out of my mind. I can still go to sleep. I don't crash. It's got the creatine, and everything that's in there is on the label. A lot of people will give that. you a blend of something in the small writing so you don't actually know what's in it. So I, I really like pre-gym. That's just my choice. It's kind of expensive, to be honest with you, for small dosing, but it's it just— It's like 60, 70 bucks? It's like 60 bucks. Okay, you know, so that's for, standard. It's standard, but, you know, he's got a 20-serving thing, too. But the flavors in it, I mean— you know how some of the pre-workouts are kind of chalky? Yeah. So this one just tastes like you're drinking a Kool-Aid. Ooh, I love that. You know, so there's nothing you taste or nothing crunchy. No matter how long you let it sit or don't sit, you can shake it straight up, and it's smooth. And then I'm just so focused, you wouldn't even be able to talk to me. Like, I'm just, I'm in that <laughs> zone me, of what I'm doing. All right, I'll be back in a minute, you know. And do you uh, do you take pre-workout every time you work out? I don't. Hadn't took it in a while. I'll okay. take it for a month or two, and then I'll just quit my adrenals. I'm re- I'm really, really conscious about my adrenals, so I want them to always produce correctly, and I want to be able to be pumped when I need to be pumped. Yeah. So, and I mean, sometimes we pop ammonia caps. Well, maybe that's a supplement. I don't know. So we'll sniff ammonia before a big lift, so that'll turn us way up. Sniffing It'll, salts, right? Yeah, so smelling salts, yeah. ammonia. And, I'm, and, I mean, it gives you a moment of rage to put into whatever you need to. Yeah, explain. Well, how does that feel right before you do that right before you lift, right? So I, I, I've never done those. I, I've experimented with other stuff. We won't get into that. But yeah. um, with, with that, what is that feeling like? Um, 
Well, I'm not an angry person. I'm probably the calmest person in the world. But for that brief moment, just don't just stay out of the path of where I'm going because that's where I'm going. I don't care who's there. I'm going right there, and whoever else is in the way, maybe they'll get drop kicked. I'm not sure. Oh, I, I go to a different dimension for a brief moment and do what I got to do. So, uh, Josh, uh, next time we come hang out, can we do some? Can we do some? Can we do some of these? Yeah, you down? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. lift something heavy. Yeah, you guys should come some. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys just come out and train with me one just one time, just to see, you know, how a training regimen would look in powerlifting. That'd be great. That'd be I'm cool. in. I'm in. And so you've you've already verified that. Yep, uh, I am an addict when it comes to pre workout because I've gotten to the point to where I use it every time I work out because I. I go in there and I'll, I'll go in there maybe once every two weeks without using it. And I don't feel like I get enough out of that workout. I feel like I get fatigued fast. It's probably mostly in between the ears, right? Well, if you're feeling fatigued, that's just clear sign that your adrenals aren't working. So that's what I'm conscious of. So about a 14 day cleanse with no caffeine. And then the next time you take Ugh. it, I promise you, you've never felt that crazy before. About 14 to 16 days, I think, you know, maybe look it up was the science on that. Without caffeine? That, that'll kind of give you that full, I mean, no coffee, no caffeine. Yes, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. When, my, when I tell my athletes, like, all right, we're drinking water for two weeks, nothing else. I usually get some choice words thrown at me, but after they do it, they, I mean, they just perform so much better. All right, I'm going to have to try that at some point, too. I, I've gone periods, like, I used to not eat sugar hardly at all. I didn't care for it. I didn't care for anything sweet or anything. I do now. I've gotten a little <laughs> bit older, and for whatever reason, especially late at night, I crave sweets. Like, lock them up, get them out of the house. Yep, can't I'm even keep them. them. down, you know. <laughs> it's just part of it. And, and it's worse with caffeine to where I'm not, like, fiending for it. But when I wake up in the morning, I love coffee. When right. I go work out, I, like my, I'm just, I want pre-workout. You know, right. same with as I'm working out, I'm thinking about the flavor of that protein I'm about to be sipping afterwards too. Yeah, a little bit. I'm probably too extra with it. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, so, no, Josh, you've done a lot of training. You've never trained for a strength show or anything like that. But no. something I'm curious about, I man, how does some of these strength and uh, powerlifting competitions work? And then, what's some of your experience there? As far as that, that might be another time where we go take a video at a competition because, of course, I've got the lowdown on every one that's happening. And, I mean, you have one almost every weekend. Yeah, and you said you've so, got a pretty busy schedule coming up. Yeah, so, um, you know, my little girl's the schedule this weekend, so I'm get, she's got a pageant. But then it's off to Ohio, um, the Arnold. And so at the Arnold, they have a cage there. The baddest of the baddest entered the cage. Ooh. All right. So I seen some of the biggest stars in the world last year hit that cage. I mean, from a 120 pound girl uh, squatting 500 to, you know, having a couple dudes having a lift off at 800 pound deadlifts just until they, until their hands literally were just blood everywhere and ripped all the skin off of them. So, I mean, the cage is wild. So that's coming up. And then we actually got, um, the following weekend, IPA uh, press power lifting, they're doing one up in Gatlinburg. Okay. So that one's going to be a pretty close one. For a, a lot of times we're in Kentucky, you know, Ohio, Virginia, just all the surrounding states. They're starting to get a couple into Tennessee, the federation we like. So that's going to help a lot. But uh, so basically you go there. So when my mom first went, she 
had no idea how it was going to go. She didn't want to watch. She thought they was just going to put all, all these weights on the bar and I was going to try to lift it, yeah. you know. So that's not how it goes at all. That's why it helps a hundred times. And myself, I get a coach whenever I do it. You know, I don't coach myself for my meat. Smart. Because I feel like I can learn something from someone else. Always. And um, so she went for her first time. So you squat, you get three attempts, you're in a certain flight, you're in a certain number of order, you know, and you choose your numbers or your coach or your handler chooses your numbers. I base it on how fast it's moving, how it looked, if it looked easy, how many pounds we jump, whether it be 20 or 70. Okay. You know, so, and then we'll move on. Once everybody goes through their squats, then we'll move on to bench. You know, bench so is next. So as the coach, you're kind of the caddy at the same time. Right. Too. You're wrapping knees, you're bringing ammonia, you're getting food, you're mixing pre-workouts. So you're really a handler. So if you're coaching someone, you are running for eight hours. Full-time job. You know, so, I mean, it's not just let me tell this guy how to, you know, lift these weights and then just let him go. It's whenever you get there, it's go. Like you go to the hotel with them, like you're going to eat this, 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 and drink this, this, this. And, you know, so you're literally like baby kindergarten style. This is how we're going to do it exactly. You have no options. This is what we're doing. So squat, then we bench, then we deadlift. In the end, you got a main total for the three lifts, as you know, within the three, whatever's your highest, that's the one that they keep. Okay. You know, so um, if you do 500, 300, 500, you know, obviously, you know, you got 1,300 total, you know, so kind of works out like that. And then at the end, they do weight classes, divisions, male, female, what gear you was using. So, I mean, it's really a breakdown of, where you're going to compete, how you're going to compete, at what body weight you're going to compete. So you start that 20 weeks out, or I do. You can do it in 12. But right. we started it 20 weeks out and say this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So when you hit on equipment too, is there any general advice as far as – because I, I think a lot of the power lifters, you get to wear the cooler shoes, right? That's the guys wearing the Chuck Taylors. Yeah, uh, some guys so, wearing bands and the is it because of the flat bottoms on the shoes? So the flat bottoms, I've actually only transitioned transitioned into those this year squatting. Okay, I've always squatted in Olympic shoes. So small fact, I was broke at the hips when I was born, handicapped. So and now I put six hundred pounds on my back with no problem. You That's know, crazy. So you know, it's like okay, he's overcome some stuff. So <laughs> yeah. um. The only thing is, like, you use the Olympic shoes, it just really depends. No two people squats the same, so you really got to watch it. And as you've seen, I had a tripod, and we video lift after lift after lift and correct every little minute thing. So I started in Oli shoes so my heels would be higher because I couldn't hit depth. My heels or my hips didn't have the flexibility to hit the depth to be a good lift. So I had to work my way into a flatter shoe. Okay. So it took a little bit of learning curve to get in it. Um, love the flat shoes. But if I was to tell somebody that even didn't power lift, I tell them to get knee sleeves and I tell them to get wrist wraps. Those are the two most important things. Okay. Belt optional. If you can get a strong enough core and you're not doing crazy things, you don't really need a belt, you know, as far as my opinion goes. But knee sleeves, a lot of people think those are to help you lift weight. So knee sleeves are not there to help you lift the weight. They're actually keeping the synovial fluid warm in that joint. It's going to move freer and easier. And it's actually just keeping all your meniscus and MCL, ACL, and everything kind of just covered in that fluid and warm. So there's a less chance of tearing anything or ended up in a bad situation in the bottom of a squat. Some good information right there, man. Some real good information. 
So if you're looking to get out there and uh, get into some power lifting, get the flatter shoes, it's recommended. Um, and what was the, what's the brand that you're wearing now? The shoes? Yeah. I don't even wear shoes, so I'm barefooted. Oh, you're, you're you do the right, barefoot. Right, yeah, I do the you barefoot. see a lot of people do that. Yeah, so, and, but the Vivo barefoot shoes is what I recommend. Like, they're actually called Vivo. barefoot. They're very, they're very minimal, you know, so they're really nice, too, and they're not. So I have a weird thing. I don't want the ones that go in between my toes, so they don't do that. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those. That's not exactly my style either, but, you know, hey. All right, so let's also hit on, because in today's age, this is the biggest news story, I think, uh, everywhere right now is the coronavirus, right? Is uh, are, are you guys, should we be scared? I don't think so. Being that my fiance is a nurse, it's just a little bit more hardcore of RSV. Okay, so she's got the inside scoop and so she's saying, don't and, panic. Yeah, I, and... Um, I think a Simpsons episode I seen somewhere from 1994, they actually already posted the coronavirus on one of their TV screens. You know how they have all yes. these all these theories and stuff that they go with. They predicted and, everything, and, and it literally says the coronavirus on their screen. So I'm just like, I'm not sure to believe that we're just following what the Simpsons say now and just doing this for fun. It's crazy, or it's a real thing. But according to the doctors and the people that I know in some of the higher professions, they're, they said it's been around for years. The percentage is so low that it's not even likely to ever be anything you know, serious. Yeah. So I don't know. I do see it all day on Facebook, though. I, I know why it's being brought up. I'm like, man. The thing that <laughs> freaks me out the most is just seeing the way that some of these governments are handling it so bad, and they seem to be freaking out to make some of these uh, bad decisions. They said – so according to the news, uh, Japan told schools to close through the spring break. Uh, for most students, they're going to be out of school until like April. Uh, also, as of the 25th, apparently the outbreak has affected over 80,000 people across the globe. China had uh, 77,658 cases, uh, and like over 2,600 of those people have died. There is some alarming statistics when you stack those up to some of the other things we've seen throughout history. Uh, I don't think it's any crazy level yet i'm no expert yeah but i'm wondering how many years over how many years right so those sound big but you put it over two thousand years hey eighty thousand is not actually a bad number when we're at what eight billion or i think something this is talking about this specific outbreak oh this one which sounds bad huh that sounds bad but i don't know if i believe that fact you know it's check one of the, that yeah it's just a little yeah. tidbit but right. fact check that 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 scares you a little bit now yeah. they say the Center for Infectious Disease said this. They said, quote, people should not panic. The mantra is keep calm and carry on and use common sense. Um, Dr. Stanley Perriman is a, uh, he works with the infectious disease. He's an expert uh, at the University of Iowa. He says, quote, use common sense. If you see someone on a bus who's coughing, move away from them. If you <laughs> stay home from work, if you're sick and wash your hands frequently. So pretty common sense stuff. You're seeing the stock market take a hit. Um, you've also even seen Corona beer take a hit in some of their sales, even though they're totally non-related. Yeah, they tried to pay. They tried to pay. I don't know if you heard that. They tried to pay for them to change the name over to Bud Light Virus or something like That's that. Hilarious. They literally offered them so many million dollars. Like, it's a fact. Like, that was on the ne- I'm like, 
is this true? So, of course, I look it up, and they did. They was trying to offer him like $17 million, I think, or something. I was laughing. Take and name it after a bad beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, like that's that. what they said. Don't name it after our beer, you know. Yeah, Red Dog or something, <laughs> you know. Not the good stuff. Uh, also, believe it or not, apparently you um, there was a study done, and because they do a study on everything nowadays, you can actually catch the coronavirus, they say, from someone's gas. <laughs> so if they have the virus and they fart close to you, it could put you at risk, believe it or not. They say we, you have to be in a pretty weird situation, though, for that to happen. They say... Uh, health officials in Beijing actually confirmed that, yes, it's possible, but fortunately, it's not very likely for two reasons. You'd have to get a good clothes sniff, and as long as the person's wearing any kind of clothes, they say that the underwear or pants should should shield you from any of that bad stuff. Right? <laughs> so don't put yourself in any bad, weird situations in any steam rooms or anything like that. I think you're going to be fine, right? I'd hate to have been part of that study. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Be like, here, I need you to lay here. It's kind of like what we did earlier here. I need you to take your shirt off and lay right here. Like, this is just a study. Yeah, <laughs> no Uh-oh. questions asked. <laughs> Trust me, brother. Trust me. Uh, also, some headlines. I thought this was some pretty cool stuff that's going on uh, across the world. So, 62-year-old former U.S. Marine George Hood, I don't know if you saw this, recently broke the world planking record. Eight hours and 15 minutes. And if you planked for one minute, it's the longest minute of your life, right? About eight's all I got. That's my best one. And eight hours is, oh my Lord. Eight minute plank? <laughs> yeah. That's phenomenal. It's not bad. It takes a lot oh, of uh, oh no, mental my, fortitude. My guys make me look weak. Because we, uh, believe it or not, I know the fat powerlifting belly don't give it away, but we do so much core work. Like, um, one of my guys, I won't mention him on the air because he might get red and embarrassed or whatever, but he had, uh, let's see, what was it, two weeks ago, he put 445s on his back and did a four-manager. Wow. And, we, I mean, now he was cussing and he was sweating. And I mean, the ground was covered in his sweat, but he wasn't giving up. And then he finally was like, all right, get him. Props, man. <laughs> I say props. We'll do a 145 every once in a while. We think that we're tough. <laughs> <laughs> Core work's important. We do it almost every training regimen. So. Man. So something to strive for, guys. Eight hours, 15 minutes. <sighs> Ah, man, I, don't, I think I can go ahead and throw in the towel there. Yeah, not gonna I'm be out. Me. Not going to be me. Also, uh, this isn't a big surprise. A new government survey found that about 40% of U.S. adults are, in fact, obese. I think when that study came out, I just had a little theory the other day. If you've noticed, everybody's got vegan everything coming out now. Huh. You know, there's even vegan chicken at KFC. I don't know if you know this. Yes. Like, you know, I'm like... So it's like what? you're steering it in the wrong direction, right? Right. So I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you guys are, well, I guess they're trying to make it better. But, you know, I'm like, I don't know if you're doing that correctly. You're still, still giving them. Right. You're still giving a bunch of junk food. All right. I'm glad you made it out of plants. Props for you. But I like the chicken better. I'm sorry. Yeah. And if you're <laughs> vegan or you don't eat meat or anything like that, whatever your uh, lifestyle is and your diet, I respect it. Um, if you're... N- if you're going to KFC to get the not what is I don't know what they call it not fried chicken or something yeah something like special that. Yeah. not meat fried chicken or something 
if you're eating that stuff, you're not. It's still not good for you, like you say. Like it's it's just bad stuff. So like, are you making the decision to go vegan because you're eating healthy, or because it's a cool fad and you're just maybe you're against eating animals and that's part of it? Right. I know the Impossible Whopper. I looked up the stats and they were literally like within a few calories of the regular Whopper. Yeah, so you're not, not getting any difference calorie wise. The only thing is maybe is the animal situation, like you said. And I mean, to each their own. But, I mean, KFC drops the vegan chicken, and then the next day they're putting actual chicken patties on two donuts and calling it a sandwich, which, by the way, I made donut burgers back in 2003. I got confirmation. I made this stuff way before these guys. I was way fatter than them before they were. Phenomenal. So yeah, I, had to, I had to make some for you guys sometime. But uh, I was, like, famous for the donut burger when high school. They're like, this dude's going to make donut burgers. We're going to have a cookout. And I always did, Ooh. you know, and this was in 2003. And then now this is like a thing. I'm like, I should have stuck with it. Maybe Sounds I like just a, cooked. <laughs> a late night under the influence type of uh, yeah, it was uh, situation. It mostly was. <laughs> it Sounds mostly delicious, was. delicious, man. <laughs> well, hey, and, and working off those donut burgers has got you into this fitness lifestyle, man, right? Right. Uh, let's see. Also from um, Australia, says the Western style diet makes you dumb that apparently a lot of the processed foods like we we're just talking about um do not help us uh function properly in our brain it's slowing our brain down we got to start eating better and i think that's not news to anybody but just another you know i feel like i feel like they're probably right you know i mean a lot of people don't know that fast food is put in a certain order so if you eat so try this sometimes i want you guys to try this pretty soon so Go to anywhere, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever. Find your best burger that you like. You know you love the way it tastes. And I want you to eat it very slowly and chew every bite ten times. It's going to taste different, and it won't taste as good. Hmm. They design fast food to eat very fast and on the go in a certain order, and that's why everything's put on that burger in that certain order. So that makes a lot of sense to me because once you take your brain and slow it down when you're eating fast food, it don't taste that good. So I could see why somebody would be kind of dumber in a sense, you yeah. know, because if you're eating it slow, you'd be like, this is not that good, you know, and we actually did studies on that long ago. Like, you know, my mom had a McDonald's franchises and stuff. So we went to these hamburger universities and uh-huh. doing all this stuff. Like, So you got to put it together just like this. This is the only way it's going to taste the same, you know, so. My Pretty, mind's blown. Yeah, so try it, try it. And I'm going to try I want to know honest sense. feedback. You eat it slow where you're actually tasting everything, it does not taste good. Well, if you slow down enough to just think, do I really want to stop here and eat? You probably wouldn't, right? Right, so it's made for those people to be the go, you know? Ah. And that could actually be a method to stopping eating so much fast food. Right. You slow it down and think, right. this isn't really that good. What right. am I doing to myself? Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's... It's a convenience thing. Whenever I meal prep and I have stuff ready to eat, good, healthy stuff, I'm all about it. The only time I want fast food is whenever I've been so busy that I just, you know, I I feel like it's convenient. I don't want to cook. I don't want to have to go out and find something, go out and hunt and find my food like we were born and bred to do. (laughs) Uh, I just want to, you know, go to get a Wendy's four for four or something every once in a while. If you look at my Instagram, you see me eating all these steaks. I went out and hunted all that. I just want to let you know that I'm a very avid hunter also. Like I hunt all my food down, deer, turkey. (laughs) Like I'm telling you, everybody's like, how do you eat steaks all the time? Like I went and killed it myself. Like, okay. Do you? 
Oh yeah, I hunt. I hunt. That's phenomenal. Like turkey man. season's coming up. I've been aggravating everybody in my house, you know, with all my turkey calls and like getting tore up. April, we'll be back in the woods. So that's the way to do it. Definitely, definitely love that. And as far as meal prep, I'm gonna give you one tip: Instapot. That's all you need right there. Man, I love that thing. Five pounds of chicken done in 20 minutes, and it's shredded when it comes out. And I'm not joking about that. Like it literally just falls apart. I'm like, okay, that's mm. perfect. I've put cake in it. I've made yogurt. I've put wow. just random stuff in it to see if it'll cook it. You know, I've popped popcorn in it. You can you, do it all. You can do whatever you need to do in this thing, and you literally just press a button and walk off. And then if it gets done cooking, it'll just put it on a heat mode and just keep it warm until you come back and get it. That's an investment I'm about to have yeah, to Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, I, I literally make broccoli. Broccoli takes two minutes. And it's the perfect crunch. You drop it in, you press it, and I mean, before you even sit down at the table to wait on it, it's done. Mm. And it's crispy broccoli. Same way with rice, two, three minutes. Like potato, potatoes, five minutes, eight minutes, something like that. And they're mashed potatoes. Wow. You know, so you it just cuts down the time of prepping all that food, and it makes it that much more convenient. Yeah, like literally before you guys showed up, I made about five pounds of deer meat. That away. You know, like, and I mean, when you text and said I was on the way, I put it in there, and it was done before you got there. And I know you didn't take long to get there. We came from like all good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I, that thing's been a godsend. I was like, we bought one on Black Friday, you know, like, let's try to get one of these. I want to try one. Dude, that is the way to go for meal prep. Yeah. We're halfway to having that in my Amazon cart as we speak. <laughs> I'm going to have to get one of those. So, as we move along, let's hit on another little quick segment some uh, confessions and things to work on. Because let's be honest. We all have things that we need to be working on, and if we uh, if we say that we don't, then we're lying and doing ourselves a disservice. So the first step, admitting it, I'll start. So the issues that I've had that I can admit to, I keep giving in to my sweet tooth like I've admitted earlier, uh, especially at night. And, and it's not always bad like ice cream. Sometimes it's cereal and things like that. But after like 9 o'clock, I'm trying to make it a goal to not eat anything after 9 o'clock. That's not, it shouldn't be hard to do the child in me that I have to, to fight on things like that. Also, uh, I've not been allowing myself enough time, I guess, to properly stretch before and after workouts. And uh, with some of the talk today, you know, it's something I'm going to be working on, <laughs> trying to do some more of those. When I'm doing upper body too, I'm starting to incorporate some of like the arm hangs, trying to do it. Right. And it's, that's not like a crazy thing by any means, but yeah, you, you hang for a minute, two minutes. You start to feel it, feel especially even in your grip there, too. I think it's got to be good just for aligning ourselves. Uh, Justin, what what do you got that you can admit to that uh, you're needing to work on currently or something that, that you are working on? I don't think I have a sweet tooth because, well, I didn't mention it earlier, but in my di- I intermittent fast, so anything after 4 o'clock I don't eat. Okay. I, don't, I don't eat at 4 o'clock. It's water and fluids or nothing, no calories. When does your window start? 8 o'clock. So I literally have time to drop my kids off at school, and I have everything set up, coffee, everything. My flat skillet's ready and old. When I get back, I cook, and it's about 8 o'clock when it's done. So I've got it mapped out, whether I'm eating T-bone steak and eggs or if I'm just eating eggs and toast. It takes me about 8 o'clock. By the time everything's done, sit on the table, we're there. So I really like the intermittent fasting. The only thing maybe I could admit to is I'd like to do more cardio, but with as busy as I am right now, I know I don't make excuse for the time because that's <laughs> not an excuse, all right? But, you know, when my kids get home and my people show up to train, my other athletes besides the power lifters I got, I mean, I literally might get in three sessions a week, 
I'd love to get in more, and I guess I kind of do because I do get outside with my kids, and we go hiking, we go play basketball. That's so, important stuff, you know, too. So I'm getting a little bit more then, but I'd like to be able to just go every day. But as far as that, I don't think there's anything that's really – I think I've only eaten uh, maybe three or four cheap meals – in the last eight weeks so you're doing pretty good you know so as long as i'm not falling way off i'm okay with it shoot yeah man i'm glad to hear it doing pretty good josh what you got you got anything you uh you need to be working on that you can admit to oh we all have things we need to work on um i'd say my main one would be caffeine cutting back on caffeine if i've ever been addicted to anything in my life it's <laughs> caffeine yeah i can drink coffee all day long i feel you well you're putting in a lot of work right now too i can see where it's probably uh you probably need it for that alertness too yeah but i'd say i'm I'm definitely getting way more than my fair share of it that plus uh trying to get more stretching in in the mornings i've read a lot on uh like when you first wake up in the morning you should stretch before even getting out of bed right because i know i'll i'll oversleep some mornings you know, I wake up and I'm like, ah, I should have been up already. And I jump up and start running around trying to get ready. And from what I've read, and correct me if you know more about it, um, jumping up out of bed in the morning like that and kind of jump starting your body is not the best way to start the day. You should kind of gradually right. get up out of bed, give your body time to wake up, blood start flowing, you know. Right, it can literally give you a heart attack. Yeah, you can give yourself a heart attack. But the only thing I don't recommend is sitting on the edge of a bed. A lot of people don't know that's compressing that lower spine because most of our mattresses give on the edge of the bed. All right, so sitting there, you're compressing that spine, then you get up real fast, and it comes apart. What what happens there? Hit that sciatic nerve, you've pulled something, and automatically you're limping. And that's why a lot of these people get up and they're limping across the little way there or whatever. <clears throat> so that's probably something you look at and like probably not do that, but stretch and stuff. You know, I do the hamstring hangs and stuff like that too. So I I recommend it. Yeah, I'm like you. I, I want to lay there for a minute and kind of, okay, I'm ready for the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll lay there and think, you know, for a little bit. And then before I know it, I'm like, oh, i got to get in the shower. i got to get up. got to get moving. And then, you know, I launch myself out of bed and jump start my body a little too quick probably. And Right. Yeah, I'm guilty of that as myself, you know, or I got a kid running there. Hey, are we going to school? Like, oh, what time is it? Oh, I turned my alarm off. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. Yeah, I think we spoke in one of the first episodes about, you know, hitting that snooze button too many times, and I've definitely been guilty of that. Yeah. But, I, I ripped the snooze button off my alarm clock because of how bad I used to be. Now I don't even have it on there, so there's not an option. And even <laughs> Jessica looks at me and she's like, what's wrong with this? Like, we don't have a snooze button. She's like, well, turn it on low. I was like, I don't like it. On I want it to wake me up. Of course, she's got this little vibration thing, you know, just wakes her up and I need to hear it. Oh, yeah. I need it to jump me awake. Oh, I had to put mine on the opposite end of the room. And even then, <laughs> like I'll get up out of bed, go over, hit the snooze. I'm like, I need to get in the shower after I sit down for a minute. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Give myself. me a second there first. It's a constant struggle, right? In the morning, especially you, you tell yourself, I'm just going to lay here for five more minutes, but if you don't set that alarm, you're in trouble. I, I know I am anyways. Well, man, this has been a great conversation as we look to wrap things up. Um, Justin, you got any closing thoughts? Also, how can people find you online? How can they get in touch with you here locally for your services? 
Uh, closing thoughts. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out. You know, I'm glad I got to work on you guys, kind of give you a little insight and Josh's first time, you know, maybe it's something he might progressively jump into because, uh, I like to see, you know, like I said, the benefits, you know, we, we discussed earlier, I like to see how different people think. And I like honest feedback, never had any negative feedback. So let's knock on wood and keep that going. But, uh, as far as people finding me online, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me as the Movement Specialist. Uh, that's kind of my little keyword I went by because I don't only do one thing. I've got so many modalities that I'm going to be offering um, at Fire and Ice, which we mentioned earlier. So you can always call the spa and see whenever I go active there. Or you can even find my personal number, and a lot of people don't do that on their profile. And I don't mind if people text me. You know, call me, whatever they do, leave a message, because, you know, we don't answer our phones. We ain't answering our phones. We don't know the number. Nobody's going to lie to me about that. Right. It's universal <laughs> across most people nowadays. Yeah. If I don't know the number, I haven't put you in my phone. If I'm looking at it saying, I know this name, but I don't know who it is. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm still going to answer it. Let it go to voicemail, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, be able to get in touch with me. You know, we're right here in town. Easy to find. We're actually the um, number one spa the whole last year. And we was only one year old. So Man. that being said, this is year number two. We've added tons of stuff. Uh, owner and all the girls there. We've got uh, anything from, you know, body temper and massage, IV therapy, cryotherapy, any skin tightening, any light therapies. We've got saunas. We've got facials. We've got, got that cave, too. You can go sit in right, We've got right? salt cave, you know, good for the respiratory system. So anything you could imagine and I will say this, it's not really geared toward just females. So sometimes guys are kind of weird about going to a spa. But once they find out I'm there and the stuff I do, they're like, wow, this is a cool place. Like, this is this is really awesome. Hey, count me in. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Josh, what you got? You got anything, bud? Uh, definitely, uh, you know, it was my first time doing it. Definitely going to look into it and do it again. Um even some of the spots where you tell me like, all right, this is, this is probably going to hurt, you know, after a few minutes though, you know, it gets super relaxed and I about fell asleep at one point. It seemed <laughs> like, uh, just kind of letting everything loose and relaxed. Um, I loved it. I'll definitely, definitely hit it up again. Beautiful. Justin, again, thanks a ton for having us, uh, having us at your studio. Thanks for coming over here to the studio to talk to us. Thanks for fixing us up, getting us aligned. Uh, it's been great catching up. We appreciate everything, buddy. Um, Justin Ryan, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. You're listening to Flex Ed, a podcast that encourages healthy conversation. Make sure... Uh, to check us out online on Twitter and Facebook at FlexEdPod. Uh, check us out online. We have a website, www.theflexedpodcast.com. Also, check us out on YouTube. We'll have some cool visuals on there as well. The FlexEd Podcast. Justin Ryan, you're listening to the FlexEd Podcast. Thanks for having me out. You've been listening to Flex Ed. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.